Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Give it up for all the new folks one more time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so excited you guys are here. And um, listen, man, we're super excited. Cleaning out the closet. Let's go, man. Listen, I, uh, I recently helped my sister and my brother-in-law move. And uh, there's one thing I hate, uh, and that's moving. Um, anybody ever helped someone move before? Tell me, that's, how did you get duped in, right? Like, hey, listen, I need you to come over. We got some stuff we need to talk about. You're like, I don't think they needed to talk about anything, actually. I think we're here to move those couches. This is how that goes, right? And so um, I recently helped my, my sister and my brother-in-law move. And so, uh, and so as they were getting ready to move there, which, by the way, let's just celebrate how God is blessing families in our church. Shout out for them for a new house. Congratulations, Andy and Cindy. And uh, so they hit me up. I go in, and immediately I'm overwhelmed with anxiety by all the boxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all know what I'm talking about, that overwhelming, like, there's too much stuff in here for me to concentrate feeling. And so I go in, and the first thing, they open the garage, and my, like, my, ugh, right? And it's just box after box after box. And so um, we start loading it into the moving truck, and then more people show up. Uh, And so someone voices, they said, why don't some of us start moving the big stuff on the trailers, and other people can stay with the little stuff? And I was like, give me the big stuff. Like, let me move the couches. Like, I would rather move 20 extremely large items than 2,000 small boxes, right? So I was like, I will muscle the big couches in there. And so that's what we did. And uh, so we moved everything over, and uh, some of the ladies stayed, and they were moving the small boxes. And amen, because I, I probably would have passed out if I had to move all them boxes. So, but... What I've realized in that, I started thinking about when I was moving, right? And so when, when we were moving, one of the things that you have to realize is you have to ask yourself this question when you're moving, right? Am I going to take all this stuff with me or am I going to donate this to whoever's buying my house after me? Y'all know what I'm talking like, I don't need it. What y'all do with it is y'all's business, right? And so am I really going to keep all this stuff? Because here's what I've realized as we go through life, right? It's, it doesn't mean a whole lot, and it doesn't make a big difference to hang on to stuff in your closet until keeping the stuff in your closet means hanging on to it while you move it to a new closet. How many guys know that's when you really start asking, do I need this? Right? And so keeping old stuff is no big deal, but moving it is a big deal. And here's what I'm here to tell you. When it comes to your clothes, if you want to keep it, you got to carry it. But when it comes to moving into the new season God has for you, I'm here to tell you, keeping it means carrying it. And if you're going to keep what's happened to you, if you're going to keep what you've been through, if you're going to keep holding on to the stuff in your life that's been weighing you down lately, keeping it means carrying it. And carrying it means heavy loads. That's why we go to Matthew chapter 11 And it says this, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you, say this word with me, rest. 
Take my yoke upon you. Let, let me teach you because I'm humble and, and I'm gentle at heart. In other words, he's like, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm not trying to impose things. I'm not trying to just like come in and, and place heaviness on you. I'm, I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your, say this word with me, souls. Because how many know your mind can be rested and your body can be rested, but that doesn't mean you're at rest. There's a different type of rest that you can get out of the world than you can get out of Jesus. He says, You'll find rest for your souls. And he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What I want you to, what I want you to carry, it's not going to affect you the way the world wants you to carry things. And so it's going to be easy. So here's a question I have for you. Ready? Are you going to carry a bunch of old burdens into your new season? Are you going to carry a bunch of old burdens into your new season? Because here's the reality that we have to face. If so, it's not long before that new season looks an awful lot like the old one. How many of us have ever entered into a new season before and we were excited? It's like, man, this is it. God's doing some stuff. I am pumped. And all of a sudden, some old stuff that happened to you starts showing up in the new season. And it's not long before you start treating the new season the same way you treated the old season, finding yourself feeling about the new season the way you used to feel about the old one. And so what I want to talk to you about today is we're going to work our way through Ecclesiastes 3 and some things that that it shows us, but I want to show you three parts to your new season. Turn to your neighbor and say, new season. How many of you are ready for God to take you into something new? How many of you guys are ready for a life where you can feel Jesus doing something abundant in your life? Yeah, we can clap for that. Like Something abundant in your life. So I believe that if we're going to do that, we're going to have to experience some things differently. Turn to your neighbor and say, differently. If you're at home, look at your dog and say, differently. If you've got a cat, you need to do some things differently. Okay, so in Jesus' name. All right. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. That means there's a time for everything, right? So three parts of your new seasons, we're going to give these to you right away. The first thing I want you to understand, that it's time to move from removing to replanting. It's time to move from removing to replanting, right? You see, if we're going to get some things out of our life, it's very important that we become intentional about what we're getting back into our life. I'm going to say that again. If we're getting some things out of our life, we had better be very intentional about what we're putting back into our life. Because how many guys know the wrong stuff tends to show up? And for many of us, we can't figure out why every time we go into a new, new season, old stuff shows up. But I'm here to tell you, if you don't become intentional about putting the right things in, the old things will show up in the place that you just took them out of. Because how many guys know we're creatures of habit? Even those of us that love change don't love it that much. Because we're committed to old ways, aren't we? And so Ecclesiastes 3, 2 through 3, it says this, there's a time to plant and a time to uproot. There's a time to tear down and a time to build. So I want you to say these words with me. Say plant. Say uproot. All right. Now I want you to say tear down. I want you to say build up. 
there are seasons for all of those things to happen. You see, far too many of us have lived in an uprooting season for too long. That's the reason why some of you can't establish healthy relationships. Because you just keep tearing the ones you have out of the ground. I'm uprooting this, and I'm uprooting this, and I'm uprooting this. My question to you is this. When are you going to start planting some healthy ones? These people aren't good for me, and these people aren't good for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good that you get the bad ones out of the way, but are you ever going to become intentional about putting the right ones in? Because just getting rid of bad things doesn't make you healthy. You have to start getting into the right things. And so... For many of us, we've lived in an uprooting season, but God's saying, I don't just want you to uproot the bad. I want you to start planting the good. I want you to become intentional about what you're putting in your life. That's the reason why some of us, we go from job to job to job. It's not because the jobs are bad. It's because we can't seem to realize it's never going to be about the job. It's always going to be about our purpose. We're looking for something out there that God says, you need to become intentional about planting in here. What if the job didn't matter, you just found out you were discovering true purpose in your heart wherever God put you? Right? So it's not just an uprooting season, though, but some of us have been a tearing down season for too long. We've been in this season where we tore down some things we needed to be tore down. How many guys know we've built things up in our life that need to be torn down sometimes? So we've torn some of those things down, but we never found the line, and we became known as the person that only tears down but never builds up. Anybody got some friends in your life right now that every time you get around them, they're just negative all the time? If you don't know anyone like that, maybe it's you. Here's the other thing I want to encourage you with in Jesus' name. You ready? If you're the person everyone comes to with their problems, maybe it's because you tolerate too many problems. Because how many of us have that friend that when people bring bad stuff to them, they're like, well, then let's do something about it. How many of you know when you want someone to sulk with you, that's not the person you go to? So if you become the person that says, yeah, yeah, I hear that problem, but what are we going to do about it? Guess what happens? People stop bringing you all their drama. Because there's a difference between people that want to be heard and people want change. And I'm here for the people that want change, but the people that just want to soak in their nonsense, I don't have time for that. And guess what? I don't have the attention or the effort to put into it either. That's why for some of us, we've been in a teardown season for so long, but God's saying, when are we going to step into a build-up season? Because again, he says there's a time for everything. There's a time to tear down. How many of you guys know some things need to be torn down in our life? Anybody got some unhealthy habits, some people, some stuff like that need to be torn out? But God says, now that that's happened, there's also a time to build up. And if you don't have people in your life that are building you up and you're not being strategic about making sure that you're building people up, it's only a matter of time before your life looks like rubble. And God says, there's a time for it. But guess what? It also begins to affect your faith, doesn't it? How many guys know it affects your faith? If you feel like everything's always falling apart, it affects how you see God. That's why in Numbers 13, 27 through 28, let me catch you up on the story real quick. In Numbers chapter 13, the Israelites were given a promise, right? So they're, they're going to be taken out of Egypt where they've been slaves. God says, I'm going to give you this promised land where I want you to be with me forever. And so he takes them on a two-week journey, say two weeks, and it lasted 40 years. Where they were going, the promised land for the Israelites was two weeks away, and it lasted 40 years, the journey did. 
But let me show you why. They're getting ready to go into the promised land. They send spies into the land to see it. And that's where we pick up in verses 13, uh, in chapter 13, 27 through 28. The spies come back and they say, we went into the land to which you sent us. And it does flow with milk and honey. So it is everything that you promised it would be. Here is the fruit. And the fruit was huge. But the people that live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. And they go on to say in the next verse that we even saw some of our enemies there. Like, this is not a good situation. And in verse 30, Caleb speaks up. And he says, uh, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go and take possession for the land, for we can certainly do it. How many guys are glad to have some people in your corner that are like, hey, we got this, right? Sometimes we need to be the people in someone's corner saying, we got this. So Caleb speaks up. He's like, well, we got this. God promised it to us. I don't got to figure out how it's going to happen. I'm just going to, we're going to go, right? And here's some things we need to realize when we live too long in a removing season. I want to give these to you quickly. Number one, we lose faith in God. Because we don't know if he's really going to do what he said he's going to do because it took too long for him to do what he said he was going to do in our timing, right? Anybody ever felt that way? God, you're too late. God says, I made time. I don't have to exist in it. So we lose faith in God. Next, we exaggerate our circumstances. Anybody ever done that before? This is just the worst thing in the world. How could life possibly have gotten this bad? I just don't know if God ever hears my prayers. Okay, just me? Very good. Right? We exaggerate our circumstances, which is what the Israelites are doing. Right? They're losing faith in God. He just walked them through the Red Sea on dry land, part, parted an ocean for them, but they don't know how this is going to happen. Exaggerate their circumstances. This is so bad, there's no, way, there's no way we can do it. Right? And then the third thing, we make our opinions the truth. We make our opinions the truth. This is, this, is, this is just the way that it is. It's like, is it the way it is or is it the way you see it? Because how many guys know the way we see it isn't always the way God sees it? His, his, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, the Bible says. Like he's, he, he sees things differently than we see them. We see disaster, he sees opportunity. We see no way out. He sees himself as the way out. And he gets worshipped at the end. It's a beautiful thing that God does, right? And in verses 31 through 33, moving quickly, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are like giants. And we seem like grasshoppers in our eyes. And we look the same to them. And here's a question I have for you. Let's read that last part again. And we look the same to them. Do you think they asked them? Like, help me out. Do you think that they walked up to any of the giants and was like, hey, fellas, how do y'all think we look? Like, do we, are we small to you guys? How are we? Do you really think they got any input from them? Or are we making assumptions now based on how we see things, not taking any consideration into how God sees things? And isn't it interesting how when things get bad, we make our opinion the truth? This is the, way, this is the way they see me. Is it? What if we don't know how they would see us? You see, I want to help you out for a second. Not recognizing your replanting season 
can cause you to live in your removal season. Not recognizing your replanting season can cause you to live in your removal season. You see, God removed them out of Egypt, but because they never recognized this is the season that God's going to replant us, a two-week journey took 40 years. And for many of us, the reason we are where we are isn't because that's where God wants us. It's where God has let us stay because we've convinced ourselves this is where we should be. And what if God wants something bigger and better than that for us? Psalms 3, 1 through 8, David says this. He writes this down. He says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many are my enemies? How many rise up against me? And he really did have people rising up against him. Many of them are saying to me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, you're a shield around me. My glory in the one who lifts my head. He says, he says this, and I love this. This is why I put it in here. I lie down and sleep. Listen, look at me. I lie down. Some of you need to start sleeping better knowing God's got it versus trying to handle it yourself and staying awake all night. Like, because God's better at handling this than we are, isn't he? I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord is the one that sustains me. And that's where we need to put our confidence, which brings me to the second thing. It's time to move from sorrow to rejoicing. It's time to move from sorrow to rejoicing. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes and see what it says. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. So he's showing us, listen, yeah, there's a time where, where weeping is okay. And I've been around people before and, and some of the most difficult times of my life, and they're like, you just need to have joy. I'm like, I got joy right now. I'm just sad. Because here's a tip. You ready? You can be both. You can have the joy of the Lord knowing that he's going to take care of you and also be sad in the moment knowing this isn't the way I wanted it to go. And religious folks would love to convince you you can't have both. But I'm here to tell you, you can. I can be upset about this while still having joy over all this. And so it says that there's a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Listen, some of us need to get back into our dancing phase. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all are like, eh, I don't know. Listen, I've heard some of y'all clap, okay, so I don't know about dancing, but I just think like, <laughs> But in all honesty, right, like, there's a time, some of us need to get some more pep in our step. Like, some of us need to, some of us need to get some more juice in our bones, man. Like, that's why, if you notice, whenever the, the, the video's playing right before I come out here, like, the last thing I do is, like, I lock in, I'm like, man, that beat is nasty. <laughs> right? Because it's like, I don't want to be so focused that I forget that we get to do this. Like God chose me for this. This is where he put me, and I'm never going to forget that. And so there's a time. Uh, Psalm 30 verse 5 says this. It says, weeping may last for the night. So the Bible's clear. You may go through some stuff, and weeping may last for the night. But what does it go on to say? But shouts of joy come in the morning. Now, this is interesting because I want you to understand how he wrote this. It, it looks linear, but there's actually depth to this. So, so 
What the author is aiming to create for us is this idea of contrast within the same season. So what David is saying here is he's saying, weeping may endure for the night, but there's nothing that can turn around that quickly in one night. So the morning will come, but the circumstance might not change. So weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning, even if in the morning nothing has changed yet. So it's up to you to turn the page, even if the page hasn't turned. It's up to you to feel differently, even if the circumstances haven't given you permission to feel differently. Weeping may endure for this season, but you can have joy in the season that you weep. Which then he goes a step further with his contrast to show you that shouts of weeping, crying, what you speak verbally, the weeping that comes out of your mouth may endure for the night, but with the same mouth, in the same circumstances, joy can come come out of it in the morning. And so what he's saying there isn't just that weeping may endure, but you can have joy. He's saying when nothing has changed except for what you're looking at, out of the same mouth that you cried, you can have shouts of joy. And in the same circumstances you wept, you can rejoice. Even if nothing has changed. That's why in the same season of desolation, God can bring jubilation. In the same season of confusion, God can bring clarity. And in the same season of pain, God can create purpose. Because it's always in your greatest pain that God derives your greatest purpose because it's the thing you have to relate to that you need to be able to speak to. So whatever it is you're most frustrated about going through, that's the very thing God likely wants to use to impact the world around you. So where your pain is might just be your purpose. But hear me, I want to help you out. Some of you lean into this. It is time that you start moving through your pain, even if you never get over it. It is time, listen, you may never move on, but you can move forward. And some of us, we've let our pain trap us. Hear me, this is a process, and it takes time. But I really want some of you to grab a hold of this. Delaying your progress holds you captive in your pain. Delaying your progress holds you captive in your pain. You will be here, hear me, as long as you want to be here. And I get it. I'm not saying that what, what you're going through or what you're feeling isn't valid or that it hasn't hurt or that it wasn't real. I'm not saying those things at all. I'm saying it's up to you to decide what you do with it now. Brad, you don't know what I've been through. Friend, you don't know what I've been through either. But I'm, what I'm here to tell you is it is possible. Right? You see, having God in your story can take you from sorrow to celebrating. If it were just on us, how many of you guys know the end would be bad? But it's not just on us. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which transcends, it surpasses, it goes beyond our understanding, it can guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That means when it doesn't make sense to be okay, he can still make it okay because he's with you. And the peace you're looking for in your circumstances may not come, but you might have the person who represents peace, which is Jesus in your life, because he's made all things new for you, right? Listen, we've had rough nights, painful moments. We've experienced 
times of weeping and mourning, and, and I get that for many of us, but there's a time, hear me, to laugh and to dance. There's a time for rejoicing. Some of you are like, Brad, I'm not dancing. Well, fine, then laugh. <laughs> but the, the Bible even says laughter does good like medicine. Some of us just need to bring some of that back in our lives, right? Which brings me to my last point. It's time to move from hanging on to letting go. It's time some of us move from hanging on to letting go. Ecclesiastes 3.6 puts it like this. There's a time to search and a time to give up. There's a time to keep and a time to throw away. Say throw away. Say keep. There's a time to hang on to everything you've been through. But hear me, there's also a time to throw away some things and just let them go. See, Israelites, like we talked about earlier, they're given the promised land, right? God's original promise is given to them. Exodus 6, 6 through 7, therefore, Tell the Israelites, I am the Lord. So this is the original promise God gave the Israelites, okay? So before they went to Canaan, before they got delivered for Egypt, before any of those things happened, this is what God promised them. You ready? He says, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Say, bring them out. And I, and I will deliver you from their bondage but here's the question I have for you if God brought them out why would they also need to be delivered from their bondage why are these two separate statements instead of one in the same I'm going to bring you out from under the yoke I'm going to bring you out of slavery to the Egyptians but but then he makes a separate statement and says and I'm going to deliver you from their bondage Well, why did God see the need to separate the two? I believe I have an answer for you. Because it's one thing to get you out of your circumstances. It's a whole other thing to get your circumstances out of you. It's one thing to remove you from the situation. It's a whole other thing to remove the situation from you. It's one thing to remove you from your season of pain. It's a whole other thing to remove that pain from you. And God said, it's not just enough that I aim to remove you from the very thing that's holding you captive. I also want to remove it out of you that when you go to the next season, you don't bring this stuff with you. I've got something better on the other side. But hear me, you can't take that land. You can't have that season. You can't step into that promise and bring that stuff there. Because it's only a matter of time before that, hear me, starts looking like that. And God says, we got to change some things. So in your notes, it's one thing to get out of your past. It's another to let God get your past out of you. Which takes us to Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. And Isaiah makes 
this prophetic statement. It's a series of verses. We're going to read it in just a second. But as he starts preparing to declare these things, I want you to look deeply at what he says. We're going to unpack it together for just a moment because I want to show you what he's saying because what, what, what Isaiah is saying in chapter 61 is God is speaking right now and these are the things God wants to let you know that as the season gets ready to change, these are the things you can look for. Now, Isaiah is speaking prophetically to a nation, but I believe these are also promises we can grab a hold of of God because they're not stationary in one event to one people. This is something we can look at for us as well. And it's mentioned in the New Testament. That's, we won't go there. So let's go. He says, he has sent me, talking about God has sent Isaiah, to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Listen, for those of us that are bound by what we've been holding on to, the new season is a season where those things get let go of. Where they get removed from our life. And he keeps on going to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Say ashes. And if you didn't know this, Bible history for you, when things would happen in the Bible, someone would die, a significant trauma would happen. What, what people would do is they would take ashes and they would cover themselves with it. And that was their way of, of before God and, and all the community, that was their way of mourning before everyone, letting everybody know, this, I got some stuff going on. And I don't believe many of us shower ourselves with ashes anymore. At least I hope not. That'd be weird. Like, brother, take care of that, right? But I do believe some of us wear our trauma. So we may not cover ourselves with ashes, but we most certainly are covered with our pain. We most certainly wear our struggles. Here's a question I have for you. What are you wearing? What are you wearing right now that you're showing the world this is affecting me more than the victory Jesus has given me? What are you carrying? But he didn't just say he would get rid of those ashes. He didn't just say he would get rid of the thing you're carrying. He didn't say those things would go away. He said, I don't just want them to go away. I wanna give you something else instead. What does it say? I'm gonna give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I'm going to make something beautiful out of the thing you used to mourn. He keeps on going. He says, the oil of, say that word with me, joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. How many guys would be glad to let this heaviness go once and for all? How many guys have found a garment of heaviness over the last couple of years? It seems like something's just attached itself to you. And I'm here to tell you today that God is saying a new season can mean new attire. It can mean a new wardrobe. It can mean something changes. You can let go of the heaviness, but hear me, hear me. And I want you to grab a hold of this because some of you need to hear it. Are you ready? The only way you lose heaviness is to pick up praise. Oh, some of y'all weren't ready for that. Some of you want to lose the heaviness, but you don't want to pick up the praise. 
So you wanna let go of the sadness, but you don't want shouts of joy. But hear me, you don't let go of the sadness without the shouts of joy. There has to be a proclamation of the goodness of God in our lives. Because the only way we put something down is to pick the right thing up. Because we gotta have something in its place. And he goes on to say, lastly, they will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord, and here's my favorite part, because I believe all things work together for the glory of God, for the display of his splendor. I want you to say these words with me, display of his splendor. You ready? Display of his splendor. We make that modern day word for you, all for his glory. Let's say that together all for his glory. That your life would count for something, that your purpose would be greater than what you've gone through, that the promise that's available, hear me, God is looking to unlock everything he has for your life. And it doesn't have to be attached to what's in your closet. It's time for a new season. But it's also time that we put down some of the things we've been carrying so we can pick up what he wants for us. All for his glory. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you. We thank you that you have not left us to sort through the things of life on our own. You have not left us to navigate struggles and hurts and circumstances by ourselves. And though we have felt like we were in deserts before, those deserts were not because that's what you wanted for us. Those deserts are because that's what you allowed for us. God, I believe it is because many of us chose to believe our past more than our promise that we've experienced some of what we've experienced. Not the circumstances and not even just the pain, but God, I believe the seasons in which we experience those things. In other words, God, I believe it's not always our circumstances that change, but God, I believe it's sometimes how you want to change us in the middle of our circumstances. So God, help us see you more clearly and see what you're doing. If you're here today and I'm talking to you, you're here and you've carried around some old clothes. You've, you've brought with you old burdens and you're looking for God to take you into a new season, but you, you're being honest with yourself. This is an inward search right now. You're being honest with yourself and saying, Brad, I gotta let some things go back there if I'm gonna pursue what God has for me out there. And if that's you, just right where you're at, I just want you to lift your hands. You don't have to stand, just lift, lift a hand or two and just say, that's me, that's me. I'm ready though. 
I'm ready to let go of what's behind me. So God, I pray right now for every person that's in this room or online right now and they're saying, God, I, I need to let go. I need to remove. I, I need some of these things that I've been hanging on to. I, God, I got to give them to the person that's better at this than I am. God, you're better at carrying things than we are. You're better at holding our pain. You're better at carrying our lives. You're better at dealing with circumstances. You're, you're better at calming chaos. And you're better at bringing peace when we can't seem to find it. And so God, for each one of us that's saying, I need to let go of what's behind me so I can pursue what's in front of me. God, I pray that you would help each one of us let go, but not just get something out. God, I pray you show us what we can put back in, that we can live the life you have for us and we can see you take us into new seasons. In Jesus' name. Say that with me, in Jesus' name. Come on, put, put your faith behind the name that can change anything. In Jesus' name, if you're believing it, come on, come on. I want you to declare, Jesus, I'm giving this to you. Jesus, I'm turning this over to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to invite you to keep your eyes closed for just a second. If you're here today and you need Jesus in your life, you're believing he's going to change things, but if you are honest, you need him to change you first. We've all been in that place where our sin separated us from God. But I'm here to tell you today that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for our sins, mine included. That our sins didn't have to keep us separated, but we could pursue God. And God would pursue us. And today, if you're ready for your sins to be wiped away and a fresh start with God Almighty, through the payment of Jesus Christ, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is just putting words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm putting my faith in you, that you are forgiving me and giving me a fresh start. And so let's pray this together. And the whole church is gonna pray it with you so you're not praying by yourself. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I give you my life. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. And I believe you rose again. So in you, I can be brand new, forgiven with a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed. Perhaps for the first time we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.